you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 326, a.k.a. Year 7, Week 24, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And I am back in the free state of New Hampshire, so it's good to be back. Uh, We still do this on Clubhouse. We have a club now. Um, I've called it the Anarchist Experience. Um, I don't know if there's a way to, like link to the club is there like a shortcut thing to the club here like how do i how do i give that out share club what is the what is the linky post i have a link for it do i i will send you the link you have a link for it oh my goodness or maybe just that's just the current one yeah oh yeah okay yeah hold on a second while i try to do my own pasty paste and see if it comes up with something better than just the room anyway Oh, yeah, there you go. Clubhouse.com slash club slash the hyphen anarchist hyphen experience. So that's a shitty URL, but that's what it is. So I guess if you're on <laughs> if you're on Clubhouse and you can search for a club, search for the anarchist experience, and hopefully we'll be the only one that comes up. Otherwise, I think, I think maybe we need to update our uh, web page and put the links that are relevant up there. And then you could just say, go to the, annex, the anarchist experience.com and uh, we'll be set, right? That would be one way to do it. Absolutely. Um, you handle the webpage, so I, I will leave that up to you. In the show notes, I will update the show notes as well, because at the bottom of all the shows that we do, uh, I do put in like all the relevant links, and I haven't updated that uh, recently because I wasn't going to put like my personal clubhouse you know, thing on there. But now that we have the room, uh, I will definitely add the clubhouse uh, room or the clubhouse club um, to that part, to the show notes at the bottom. Like I think right now, what is it right now? Just the telegrams, uh, mostly the, the, you know, the, the, our website, uh, the link for the RSS feed, if that's your thing. Um, and then the telegram. So there's, you know, the, the SoundCloud link, the Patreon link, the telegram links and the float things. So I'll add the clubhouse link into that as well. Oh, and other news clubhouse is now available for Android users even better may 21st so. maybe maybe that's what helped uh us get the get the club started because all of a sudden like we current, couldn't do a club i check these things regularly and now we can and even uh m was able to start a club like that option has been made available so if so for umc if you wanted to start a club for something entirely different maybe now is the time before they lock it back down again um, <laughs> making clubs is now available for people you know as far as i know and then we'll see how, how it goes from there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, there's that. Uh, clubhouse.com slash clubs slash the hyphen anarchist hyphen experience for now. Um, and then I think we're, you know, we're, now that we have the club, I think we're settled. Like, no more phone numbers. We can get rid of that at the top of the webpage at the same time. No big deal. Um, so, I'm back, like I said, back in the, I'm going to say the free state of New Hampshire. Good to be, good to be back. Just the, the little, the little niggling things, man, you know, like all the, all of the annoyances of Hawaii and their foolish nonsense tiered lockdown system just evaporates the moment you land here. Although there was, there was a brief scare at the airport when we landed for me because we like, we deboard and there's, uh, the, like the local police department, you know, like three cop cars outside my baggage claim, like shit. Hope they're not here for me. And they weren't, because I, I don't know what I would have done. Um, mm. But I, I got ner- I got very slightly nervous for like half a minute until I saw that they were not coming in our direction. Um, but leaving Hawaii that last day was the first day that I was uh, harassed and harangued over my fully compliant COVID mask, which you got to see and experience firsthand uh, yeah, in a supermarket. Proof. Proof, Yeah. No one said no one said anything at the local supermarket. Um, 
No one said anything at the local supermarket. No one said anything at the numerous restaurants uh, that we visited, you know, while on, while on our trip there. Um, but we made like a stop off at the mall prior to leaving, um, to get some, you know, uh, for M to like get, get her phone fixed or something. And we stopped off at the cookie corner because they have good cookies. And that's when I was approached by mall security who asked me if I had another mask. I went, no, this is, this is my COVID mask. (laughs) Like, why would I have another one? This is fully compliant. He goes, well, it, it needs to be a face mask. And so I, you know, drew the circle on my face and I went, this is a face mask. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much more of a face mask you want this to be, but this clearly is a face mask. It is a mask and it's on my face, sir. Um, and he goes, no, it has to be like, not, you know, not a face mask, but a face covering. I go, really? Cause the sign on the mall door, like when you come in says you have to be wearing a face mask. So I put on a face mask, you know, he's like, no, no, no face covering. So when we left the mall, I made sure to look at the mall door and sure enough, some bitch says face mask. So I think I was fully compliant. He just, you know, was, well, there's nothing different between a face covering and a face mask. Well, he was trying to differentiate, I guess, because again, he didn't like my fully compliant face mask. Of course. Of course. He doesn't have good enough English to do that. Right. Um, luckily at some point, uh, M stepped in and was like, well, we're, I'm just buying some cookies and we're leaving. So he acknowledged that and like walked outside and. He posted up by some pillar, like radioing whatever into whomever. And so I just stood there with my back to the, you know, the, the, the cookie counter. So I didn't even get the cookies I wanted because she ordered while I was, you know, staring down this security guard. Uh, and then we were out of there. So that was the first, first time. And like, you know, how long were we here? Like, you know, six, six full days or five full days, a couple of half days or whatever. Uh, first time that anyone, you know, was had a problem with my fully compliant COVID face mask. Um, and you know, nothing we left. I don't, you know, I was kind of glancing around. It's hard to see through that thing, as you can imagine, but I was kind of glancing around as we left to see if we were being followed. You know, I, when we got to the exit door, I stopped, turned around to make sure that I could read the mask sign clearly. Um, and then if he was following me, I was going to be sure to point out to him that, you know, the, the door does indeed say face masks. Uh, and I was indeed wearing a fully compliant face mask face covering. I don't know what the difference is, you know, take it up with him. I don't really care at this point. I'm back in the free state of New Hampshire. And then we get to the airport to leave. And so I tried, you know, when we came here at Boston, uh, I made it from drop off all the way to boarding before I put my mask on. And even at boarding, no one said anything to me to put it on. I just went like, you know, not, like I said before, I'm not going to I'm not going to push my luck. I'm just going to board this plane and be gone. So Boston, I made it, you know, from drop off all the way to boarding before I put my mask on. Um, for, at the Hawaii airport, I made it to check-in. Like that's as far as I got. I got from drop off to check-in. And at check-in, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the self-check-in thing at the kiosk there. And a notice pops up that says like, one of the legs of your flight might be delayed. And I went, shit. Which leg is it? Because if it's the second leg, no problem. If it's the first leg, we might have to, you know, figure out what we're doing now. So we make the connecting flight. And so we go, excuse me, sir. We need a bit of assistance over here. And before he walks over, he motions to me that I need to put a mask on. You know, like he's not going to even approach us unless I'm wearing a mask. And so I don my fully compliant COVID face mask and then wave him on over again. And he comes over and helps us like does his little, you know, checking on his computer to find out which leg of the flight it is. And turns out that, yeah, it's the second leg. No big deal. <laughs> so he, he goes about his business. We finish checking in. We load our bags onto the, you know, the weight check board to, to get that loaded up. And the guy behind that corner um, is actually pretty, you know, pretty okay with my mask. Like, wow, you look like fucking Rainbow Six Siege mask. You know, he's excited about the mask, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm just like nodding along and pointing at M to do the speaking for me. Cause I don't talk to people through that mask as, as little as possible, I should say. Um, and you know, so he's like, Oh, the silent type that makes it even cooler. I'm like, yeah, kind of does. You know, I'm thinking about it kind of does. So he didn't have a problem with it. Uh, and then we like, you know, we realized that it's a long walk. Uh, M isn't feeling too good and we need to get her in a wheelchair to push her down to the gate. Cause it's a long walk. And she shouldn't be doing that sort of thing. 
And so we flag down another one of the, you know, blue shirt airport workers and go, hey, you know, we need a, we need a wheelchair. And this was a different lady. And she goes like, you know, you need to talk to the check-in guy. And we're like, motherfuckers, check-in guy sent us to you. So one of you guys has to figure this out. We're not going, we're not going to play the back and forth game of who's responsible here. So she goes, okay, hold on a minute. Go sit in the handicap area. We will get someone with the wheelchair for you. I'm like, Fantastic. So we go sit in the handicap area. We wait, we wait, probably wait, you know, probably close to 10 minutes. I'm like, motherfuckers, where, where are they? And when are they going to come down here? And I'm still wearing my mask, fully compliant face mask. And I go, this isn't working. So M sends me, she goes, go find out where the, the guy is. I go, all right. So I go over back to the lady and the guy, because they're working together all of a sudden. Same guy that, you know, motioned me to put the mask on in the first place. And again, he says nothing. I go, uh, we're still waiting over there. Is, is there someone with a wheelchair? coming like i'm speaking through the mask at this point just to avoid the hassle is there someone with the wheelchair coming and they go yes we will we will get someone right away for you and again they say nothing and then we walk away so we're sitting at the wheelchair station once again um and as they're approaching with the wheelchair then he comes up to me again like now he's finally grown his pair of balls right he's like i'm gonna say something to this guy and so he comes over and tell you know wants to wants to see inside my mask I go, okay, I can't wait to be asked to take this thing off, right? Like, by all means, here, take a look at the mask, fully compliant. You know, thick uh, polyethylene plastic, 10 millimeters of it. You know, he goes, yeah, this mask isn't compliant. I go, what do you mean? This is fully compliant. It's got mouth covering, nose covering, even eye covering. And you want to know, you want to take a guess as to what his excuse was for it not being compliant? Nope. nope. It's a vented mask. I go, what do you mean it's vented? There's no air vents at all in this mask it covers everything you know even even the sides the the padding you know on the cheek and on the chin like that seals everything in he goes well the eyes are vented because i put mesh over the eyes i go really like you're gonna you're saying this isn't compliant because the eyes have have mesh in them and that's that's a vent i mean the mask the mask you're wearing sir doesn't even cover the eyes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you got like you know the way you have it pinched and like it's venting out the side it goes doesn't matter this is a vented mask i get to make the call You're not compliant <laughs> i'm like all right he's like but that's okay we have a mask for you I'm like, all right whatever and so he walks away to go get a mask meanwhile the other chick walks up to me with a mask so i i proceed to put on their paper mask upside down and basically chin strapped it right like i covered my mouth but that thing you know didn't spend more than 10 seconds over my nose the entire the entire flight home right from hawaii to new hampshire my nose was exposed that whole time so i put that mask on and we walk away and he comes like charging down the you know down the hallway you know because now we're, we're already being pushed away in the wheelchair i've got my hawaii compliant mask on bullshit mask on he comes charging out like jogging after sir 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 finally i realize he's talking to me and i whip around and goes i got your mask I'm like the lady already gave me one bro you know and proceeded onward you know like <laughs> below my nose like i turn around that thing was below my nose and upside down but all of a sudden good enough for him so more evidence uh more more public evidence because you know i'm doing this show but more private evidence as well that the whole thing is bullshit poppycock you know Hawaii COVID mask rules are fucking bullshit uh, because I have a fully compliant mask that covered everything that needed to be covered and was told no. And much like the Apple store years ago or last year, right. Uh, was made to wear a, a less, a less than mask, like a not as good version of the COVID mask uh, because the compliance, the, the, com- the, uh, the compliancy, is that a word? However, you know, whatever word that is to you, uh, because their mask was in compliance, even though it wasn't as good. And even though my mask is objectively better, right? It was deemed to be out of compliance, uh, because it had, uh, mesh over the eye holes, right? E- even though their mask doesn't even have, doesn't cover the eyes at all. Mine covers the eyes, but it's vented because of the mesh. So there you go. There's your COVID nonsense. Uh, and so, yeah, boarded, you know, and I told him to him, like, really? I, I flew all the way from Boston on Hawaiian with this mask on. He's like, oh, they shouldn't have let you do that. Like, I walked all the way through the Honolulu airport with this mask on when we arrived. And he's like, oh, they shouldn't have let you do that. 
Like he is the man in charge, right? Big balls McGee over there. He's he's the guy who decides what is compliant and what is not compliant. So give that give that guy a raise, uh, or not fire that fuckhead uh, because number one he's wrong, and number two after I wore uh, the compliant mask inappropriately, right? Uh, as that he would probably have judged, uh, nothing was done. Like he was he was. For the safety of all involved, he should have just left my normal, my, my fully compliant COVID mask on because it would have done a far better job of protecting the COVIDs from, from leaking out there, provided I had it or was a carrier of it, uh, than his goofy mask. Uh, and then, of course, to the best of my ability, as much as I could, you know, slowly drank my water, slowly ate my snacks on the airplane to, to keep it off as much as possible. Um, and the stewardesses didn't say much at all either. Like, I don't... I don't think anyone else in this entire experience cared except for the security guard at the, at the mall and this dickhead at the airport. Like those are the only two, um, everyone else, you know, whether, whether they wanted to, if they wanted to, they didn't say anything. Um, but I think, you know, aside for those two individuals, I think it's a good sign, um, that people either understand what's going on or don't care enough, uh, to understand, right? Like, you know, if, if, if they were really scared, right, they would have acted differently. And so now it's a power trip on their part and just going through the motions of I'm in charge and you're not. And hopefully the more, the more people that resist that, um, the better. Now here in New Hampshire, one of the big mask places during the beginning of the pandemic was like Trader Joe's. Um, they were the ones like stand in line and, you know, got to do whatever. And I was like, oh man. So I didn't, I hadn't go to Trader Joe's for a long time. And then recently it was like in the news that they were lifting their mask policy in some form or fashion. And that if you, you know, if you got the vaccine, you didn't have to wear a mask, but they weren't checking vaccines. It was like kind of on the honor system. Um, so today, you know, because I had a, a bit of the day off, we, we meandered about to Trader Joe's to do some grocery shopping, to restock the fridge that had been emptied out prior, uh, to, you know, vacation. Um, and it was a beautiful sight to behold. Like we're back to, you know, 90, 90 to 95% of people unmasked, smiling at each other as much as New Englanders smile at each other. And, you know, the handful of stalwarts still wearing their mask, virtue signaling to the rest of us how, you know, suckers they are. Even M, right? I don't know if it's because she forgot the mask in the car, uh, but did not wear the mask into Trader Joe's. Like in Hawaii, was very proud of her paper mask, like wore that thing as often as possible when we were out and about liked it. She's like, Ooh, I like this mask so much better than the other mask. It's like the way it folds and covers my face and, you know, carried it with her. It was like, Nope. Trader Joe's donate it. Not put it on. Went to IHOP for lunch. No mask. So hopefully, hopefully the whole mask, at least here, right. The, the, the mask hysteria is over and people are, you know, either because they're vaccinated or not couldn't care less, uh, or, no longer wearing the masks when not required to do so. Right. On. So that's good. So yeah, that's my that's my story. Good to be back. Like I said, oh look at that. Uh, M wants to say something, so she's being invited to speak. Oh, can't join right now, but maybe later. I don't know why she chimed in. She raised her hand and I let her in, and she backed out. Must have been a bad button push. Either way, if you want to chime in again, uh, just go ahead and click that button. I will let you in if you had something to add or wanted to speak for yourself on the whole mask thing. Up to you. But yeah, you guys miss me already? I know you said KS is flying out to to Texas. Yeah. um, He'll be there for a little while and um, come back here to teach, I guess. So yeah, so... When, when he's off the plane, even if he's not in Hawaii, because we do this on Clubhouse now, we can do like the triple action where we're, we're like three hosts in three different time zones trying to figure out how to work a Clubhouse podcast. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I got. I don't know what was the big news. There, okay, there was a big story this week that kind of made the rounds. I don't know how much time I want to spend on it because it's not really relevant to this show per se. Um, it was that sprinter chick who got busted and like, oh my God, she's not going to be able to run in the Olympics because she smoked marijuana. Oh no. Oh no. Right. You say, oh no. And the, the, the reason I bring it up is because one of the 
news outlets to where I, I get, you know, a significant amount of show prep from reason, reason magazine, reason.com. I've got two articles from them this week out of the, you know, seven I have available, like decided to write an article about it. And I think their headline was something like, you know, marijuana doesn't improve anyone's ability to run. So she should be allowed to run. Um, and there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of be like the, the fastest chick in the world isn't going to be able to run at the Olympics. And I get that, right? I, I want to be on her side. Um, however, like she knew the rules, right? Like you, you can't know the rules and then overtly break the rules and then get mad when they go like there's penalties for breaking the rules, right? Like, you know, it, this is, this is not a, a government organization where, you know, the rules are handed down and enforced unilaterally, right? This is, this is the, co- the private committee of which you choose to compete in, right? Like she can, she can run in any competition that will allow her to run in, uh, but she wants to run in the Olympics and the, they, they know the rules, right? Uh, performance enhancers. These, these are the substances on the banned list. Uh, if we catch you with any of these in your systems, you are disqualified from competition, right? Similar, you know, in, in bodybuilding, right? They have the, the natural bodybuilders and then the, man, we're not going to test you bodybuilding, you know, categories. And you go like, well, if you want to be all natural, there's a bigger set of rules, you know, that you have to follow um, versus the, you know, Mr. Olympia guys who like get jacked up on all sorts of substances and they go, ah, we're not going to test for everything, right? Or they know how to cycle on and off of it. Uh, but everyone knows that they're on it, right? There's like, the, there, there may be a pretense of don't do anything illegal, but the, the mere fact that there's an all natural division uh, is kind of indicative that everyone else knows what's going on in the open class, right? That's fair. Mm-hmm. So this runner chick like knows the rules, knows that, you know, you, marijuana is off the table uh, as far as, you know, Olympic competition is concerned. If you want to do it in your private life, fine. Uh, if you're in a legal state and, and they allow it, you know, medically, recreationally, however you want to do it, fine. Um, but like to be in this competition, regardless of its performance enhancing properties or performance degrading properties, like it's on the list. You can't do it. So should she be able to smoke weed, you know, and run? Absolutely. Um, but until that's the rule, like I don't, I have a hard time being sympathetic towards this individual, you know, because she did it blatantly. It's not like, you know, sometimes like, oh, I, it's some of that stuff. I got a batch of tainted substances or supplements. It was in the batch. The batch got tested and, oh, yep, whoever the substance, the, the supplement creator had a bad batch and they allowed a tainted subject in or a sub, you know, supplement in. Like it wasn't even like that. It was like my mom died and I smoked some weed. And that's it. Like, okay. So you knew, right? Shitty situation. But are there other things that could have been done? Are there other ways to cope? Um, if that's your chosen way to cope, do you, do you then have to weigh that the the coping with that tragedy against you know future uh, future goals and aspirations? Yeah, you kind of do. You know, you don't you don't get a pass because then everyone has an excuse. Everyone has a pass. Uh, you just. Like I've always said, if, if it's, you know, aside from the state levying laws against people who don't voluntarily agree to them per se, and no, just being born in a place doesn't, you know, doesn't obligate you to follow those rules. Like there has to be like a, you know, a meeting of the minds of some kind. When the Olympic committee goes like, here's the list of banned substances, you go like marijuana, check, going to smoke it anyway. Eh, I don't, uh, again, I don't feel, I don't feel too sympathetic and I don't know why reason has a, has a, an issue to chime in on that. Right. And especially the way that they did, right? Like their, their article was like in favor of her rather than in favor of, you know, the private rules of a, a somewhat private organization, the, you know, international Olympic committee, however they're funded, you know, so sue me. Uh, but they don't, they don't, they don't mandate rules and laws for anyone outside the purview of the Olympics. Right. And it's not like they're creating rules that I must follow. If I, if I want to go to the Olympics, I follow their rules and that's, you know, that's the end of their jurisdiction, I guess. So your thoughts, am I, am I off base? Should she be allowed to run? Does reason have a, a, a reason uh, to even get involved with that discussion? I, well, I just wanted to say that I guess the, the Olympics has gone woke. So why haven't they woken up to, to marijuana yet? Um, I, I think there are some players that, uh, 
taking lots of estrogen in order to uh, change the, the, the sex that they compete against or testosterone or whatever. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. I just, I just think that they're, they're, they've gone woke and I don't care about the Olympics anymore. <laughs> okay. Also fair. And if you're talking about like letting the transgendered people compete, is that right? I mean, yeah. but, but is that if, 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 uh, a male takes a whole bunch of estrogen, so so he or she can uh, compete against females. Is that a performance enhancing thing? <laughs> or <laughs> see, and, or, and or if a woman takes testosterone, is, is that? So I I am of the opinion that they should not be allowed to compete, right? Like I don't in my personal life. I don't think that that comp- that type of competition yeah. is if you valuable. Were running the Olympics, it wouldn't. That kind of nonsense wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. <laughs> However, right to to their credit, um, they have levels, right? If if you're and there there was a chick who got busted for this as a natural born female. I don't even know if she was Olympic level, but um, they have levels. Like if you're going to compete in the women's class, right? You have to have, you know you the, like you can have the maximum level of testosterone in your system mm. um and same for like you know the men's class or whatever like there's some level of of testosterone or estrogen or whatever those hormones happen to be right and they go like you know if you're if you're a male transitioning to female if you have too much testosterone in your system you don't get to compete right so that's in the rules um i don't agree with those rules personally but if I was, you know, if I were competing as a, you know, transitioning athlete, you, you can't say like, well, you know, my, my mom died, so I didn't take my testosterone blockers, but I still should be able to compete, right? Like, no, you can't. You, I agree. You're, out, you're outside the, the limits. Um, the story that came up, I forget this chick's name, um, but she was also a, a track and field athlete. I don't know if she was Olympic caliber yet. It might have been like collegiate. This was either a year or two ago. Um, but she was a naturally born female who just happened to produce uh, a higher level of testosterone than normal, right? And it gave her a significant advantage over her contemporaries. And because her natural production was above the limit, they were trying to ban her from competition um, or make her take testosterone blockers herself or take extra estrogen to level the playing field. And in my opinion, I was against that as well because, you know, she, her biological makeup was such that she was, you know, naturally legally born female competing amongst women. Uh, and I'm sorry, biology plays a role in these things, right? Like, you know, this isn't, uh, Harrison Bergeron where we try to level the playing field across the board, right? If you're a sprinter, and you have longer legs than the sprinter next to you, there's a good chance you're going to outrun that guy, right? It takes a lot for short-legged people to get up to speed, to get up to the speed as, you know, long-legged sprinters are. And that's, that is a natural-born biological advantage that, you know, can't be taught and can't be remedied and shouldn't be remedied, right? By like, oh, we're going to give him legging, leg extension surgery and we're going to chop his legs down to size to make sure that everyone's on a level playing field here. So if you have a, a, a naturally occurring female uh, who just happens to produce excess testosterone, well, shit, she has an advantage. And guess what? That's going to make her the fastest, strongest, whatever person uh, in whatever division she competes in uh, naturally or give her the advantage to get to that point. And I, I don't have a problem with that either. Now, it says it's against the rules. Right, I go well. If it's against the rules, like I said, you you know the rules, and you can either you can either damage your body right by taking these testosterone blockers or estrogen enhancers, or you can just compete elsewhere or not compete. Right, like I would I would I would probably make the case in that case that whatever competition they're they're doing, like I would make sure if I were her to not compete but run it separately, right, and then make it you know a battle of public opinion. Right, like the, the, the gold medal winner at this competition ran it in like, you know, 19.57 seconds. But I ran it on the same day at the same time in 19.3 seconds. They just won't let me compete, right? I'm, I've passed all the drug tests. My testosterone is naturally occurring or whatever. Like I'm not taking anything to inhibit my body. I'm just the fastest, 
right? And then, you know, make it a battle in like the media and public opinion. Like, let her compete, you know, and if you get enough public opinion one way or the other, then so be it. But I wouldn't, you know, these, these are decisions for the, the committees. Um, and again, as long as they're private or quasi-private or, you know, non, non-governmental, I guess is the best way I, uh, for me to describe it. Cause I know there's some government involvement and interference and in all these things. Um, but I don't, I don't think that the government being involved is like the key issue as to why they make the decisions that they do. So I kind of want to avoid that aspect of it for simplicity. Um, and I still think the, the message gets across. Like, if it were truly private, we would say this. If the government is involved, then of course, you know, the government is folly and, you know, so on and so forth. But I think, I think the, the point gets across that, you know, as, as a non-governmental organization, uh, they set the rules. And if you want to participate in that organization, um, you abide by the rules. And unless they change the rules after the fact... And you know full, you know full fact what's uh, what's expected of you going in. Uh, I don't get to, I don't get to, I don't think you get to complain after the fact um, that the rules aren't being bent in your favor just because you're better than the rest, right? They don't get to relax with marijuana. You don't get to relax with marijuana. Performance enhancing or not, does it could take the edge off? Does it take the stress away? Maybe, right? Who know? Who knows what benefits she's getting, if any at all. Uh, but they're in the rules, and so the rules are the rules, and you knew them going in. Right on. All right. Um, do we have other news? We got plenty. Of, we have well, plenty, but we got other headlines that we can get into if you want to get into some headlines. You ready? Sure. Headlines. Uh, we pretend to work, and you pretend to pay us. A headline: Innocent man arrested, held on fifty thousand dollars bail for holding up a sign in public. Uh, headline, in an unprecedented heat wave, Portland's lingering COVID restrictions hurt bars and restaurants again. Uh, headline, oh, maybe we'll do this one. Record number of Coloradans are crossing the Wyoming border to buy illegal fireworks. Uh, headline, why Bitcoiners are doing what libertarians never could. Uh, headline, all of a sudden you get hit in the head, pair of birds harassing people in South Lake. Um uh, the, that's a weird headline. The reason that's important is because these are federally protected birds uh, that are that are now attacking human beings. So, so that one's kind of funny. Uh, and finally, headline, this one might be for you, MC. To stop climate change, Americans must cut energy use by 90%, live in 640 square feet, and fly only once every three years, says study. Uh, so, for, so for me, that would be a long vacation, right? Like you, I fly to Hawaii and then in order to cut my climate change, to meet my climate change goals as an individual, fly back to where, to whence I came, uh, <laughs> three years later. A, a round trip. What's that? <laughs> they might've meant a round trip. They might have meant, but it's not clear in the headline there. Fly only once every three years. It's funny. So, uh, outside of this show, like I, I do watch other videos on YouTube, um, Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Are you familiar with the YouTube channel like Whistling Diesel? Nope. Okay. If you want a good laugh, it's not a comedy channel, but it's a comedy channel, right? It's not. It's not meant to be funny. It's just hilarious. Uh, so uh, on a, like on a, on a recent episode, I think it was like before before I flew back to Hawaii. Um, one of the videos on his channel was like he bought an airplane, and he has no pilot's license, but he bought an airplane. So they unloaded the airplane from the truck bolted the wings onto it. And then he was talking with like the seller of the airplane about like the FAA rules. He's like, so I can go like off roading in this, you know, prop job airplane the guys like, yes. He's like, but if I hit a bump and like get it off the ground, the guy's like FAA violation, right? Like you are, you are now flying, sir. And you don't have the proper paperwork to do so. So he's like, okay, so I can't, so I can, if I hit a bump in my truck, Right. And like I get off the ground and launch air, not flying, <laughs> but I, you bolt these wings on to something. Right. And all of a sudden you hit a bump and you're like fucking FAA violation. So it was it, it was an interesting it was an interesting conversation, uh, to say the least. Um, and since you since you may not look at it right away, spoiler alert, um, he crashes the plane in like three minutes of flight of non flight time. <laughs> so hilarious. Uh, but just, just again, the, the idiocy of the rules, right? Like launch a truck, no problem. This thing with, you know, wheels, propellant and, you know, flappy things, 
even if you don't take off, but just, you know, wheels off the ground is considered flight according to their legal definitions. All right. All right. So do you want to start with the, the Coloradans crossing the border? Cause there was a, sure. there was a handful of different fireworks articles as we prepare. Uh, you know, if, if you're not listening to this live on clubhouse, why the fuck not? Um, but if you're getting the podcast, fine. We're, we're recording on July 3rd as we prepare for the independence day holiday across the board here in this great country of ours a uh, record number of coloradans are crossing the wyoming border to buy illegal fireworks uh, this is from a couple of days ago on mises.org it's almost independence day and for many coloradans that means a trip to wyoming to buy illegal fireworks that is it's time to buy fireworks that are illegal in colorado but legal in wyoming in fact this fact so well known to everyone that wyoming officials don't even try to hide the fact this can be seen in the fact that fireworks stores sell these illegal fireworks are a mere two minutes drive from the border and among the first structures one will encounter driving north on I-25 from northern Colorado. There in the middle of the prairie between Cheyenne and the Colorado border, there is little to see other than an RV park and some enormous fireworks shops. And what do Coloradans do with these fireworks after buying them? Uh, the local Fox affiliate reports, quote, much of what shoppers find at Wyoming stores are illegal in Colorado, but that does not dissuade Coloradans from making the drive north to spend money. Recently across the Denver metro, there have been nightly illegal firework shows, unquote. This is true every year, but the use of illegal fireworks may be even more widespread this year after last year's experience. On July 4th of 2020, every fireworks show in metro Denver and probably also statewide had been canceled. The result of this was something that officials probably did not anticipate. With no official fireworks show to attend, Coloradans apparently decided to hold their own private illegal fireworks shows in droves. When the sun went down that day, the night sky across the city was lit up like never before by countless airborne and therefore illegal fireworks set off by locals who were going to have a fireworks show one way or another. The police, who were already on the edge of being reviled thanks to their enforcement of stay-at-home orders and business closures earlier that year, appeared to be unenthusiastic about enforcing the fireworks ban. Nor are the police in the business of prosecuting Coloradans who import illegal fireworks into Colorado. There aren't any cops waiting on the Colorado side of the border to seize contraband. Possession of Wyoming-style illegal fireworks is generally legal in most jurisdictions. But this isn't just a Colorado-Wyoming issue. Apparently, in spite of severe wildfire danger throughout the West, many Americans aren't on board with fireworks bans. Local officials aren't aware, as the AP reported this week, quote, several Utah cities are banning people from setting off their own fireworks this year due to the record drought, but many Republicans are against a statewide prohibition. GOP Salt Lake County Councilwoman Amy Winder Winder Newton supports restrictions, but thinks this year is a bad time for a blanket ban. We're just coming out of this pandemic where people already felt like government was restricting them in so many ways, she said. When you issue bans arbitrarily, we could have a situation where people who weren't going to light fireworks purposely go and buy fireworks just to send a message to government, unquote. Uh, there's a similar mood in other states as well. Quote, it's not just Colorado, said Ben Laws, manager of Pyro City. We see people from Nebraska and we see people from Montana. We see people from all over coming to buy, unquote. Clearly, the presence of Wyoming and its liberal fireworks laws is a bit of a fly in the ointment for neighboring officials looking to stamp out the use of private fireworks. Thanks to America's relatively decentralized legal and regulatory regime, in most, in some cases, such as fireworks, enforcing local bans becomes a whole lot more difficult as is the case with marijuana or abortion or in past legal divorces the legality of something in some states often effectively makes that something a bit less illegal in all the other states so why not ban the possession of fireworks and then arrest locals when they try to cross back over their ban with their banned fireworks after all all other states have taken this approach with marijuana in colorado Law enforcement officials in Nebraska, for instance, have long been alert for suspicious vehicles that have recently crossed over from Colorado. It is illegal to even possess marijuana in most states surrounding Colorado. 
Well, making the possession of fireworks illegal is apparently easier said than done. As Councilwoman Newton in Utah noted, her constituents don't appear to be in the mood for more bans on activities that many Americans would have considered to be perfectly legal, normal, and moral a year or two ago. In some ways, COVID has encouraged lawlessness because many Americans figured out the connection between law and morality is a tenuous connection indeed. The proliferation of illegal fireworks may be just another side effect of the COVID pandemic. So good on that. Uh, your thoughts on illegal fireworks, MC? Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, I don't actually like spending money on that, but um, I used to. Um, so, uh, but anyway, thankfully, lots of people here in Hawaii uh, like to do the same thing. They like to blow stuff up. So uh, I get to watch theirs for free, um, whether or not the state has a, a show or not. And, does the state even have a show? Like, I don't even know if that they, state does shows. Do they? Um, there, there used to be various shows, uh, either done like on the Navy base or downtown. Okay. Um, they're not, uh, you know, super huge, but I mean, th- there are actual, you know, real shows. Okay. Like, I, I guess for me, that was the weird thing growing up there is that the private shows were so ubiquitous, right? That I never, I never even considered that the state would do something on their own. I don't know if it's the state or the city or okay. What, well, whomever. It's a little bit weird here, but um, doesn't matter. Um, it, you can basically just go to uh, a lot of people just line up on a random road uh, that's higher elevation, and they watch shows from all over the island. And, yeah, and, and shoot their own at the same time. So, yeah, and and Hawaii is an island, obviously, for those that don't know, um, and and the people there, even when I was living there, had no trouble getting the illegal fireworks imported, right? Like you, you couldn't even keep them off of an Island, uh, let alone out of driving distance from a state that where they're legal. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it, it would be folly for uh, Colorado or any of the surrounding States to even attempt to, to stop the people coming in from Wyoming with the fireworks. You know, like it, it's, it's a tenuous comparison, but I go like, well, you can't keep drugs out of jail. Right. You're not going to be able. You're not going to be able to to keep fireworks off out of the out of the borders, right? If if they start cracking down on uh, like the the main thoroughfares, right? People will just find the alternate route in, where they're where they you know they, they can't have a police presence, and then get them in that way. So you can't even stop it if you wanted to, and I don't you know to stop it would be so prohibitively expensive that I don't think you know the 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 constituents or the people the citizens would get behind that either. So. Yeah, more fireworks, and even even here, right? I was surprised when we moved here that you know, like the city was like blocking off roads. Like we're gonna have the fireworks show. I go, really? Fucking f- why? Like, don't people just do that? <laughs> you know, I was I was so used to uh, Hawaii at the time where the, the you know the, the the people, the citizens, just did their own thing when it comes to fireworks. Um, and fireworks is like the one example that M will bring up where like you know the, where the Hawaii people aren't as uh, subdued as I usually make them out to be as far as um, fighting back against government overreach. It's like, well, people in Hawaii, like they don't really care what the laws are. They just break them anyway. I go, really? And she goes like, yeah, fireworks. And I go, okay, that's, that may be, that may be your one example, right? Where they banned fireworks decades ago, or at least the aerials. And there's like the best aerial show you've ever seen um, coming out of there, at least compared to here. Like I'm, I'm, I have been unimpressed with the fireworks in New Hampshire, as far as, you know, celebrations are concerned. Um, but Hawaii on New Year's, like that's, to me, that's like where, where that mentality comes out, right? It's, it's going to be a show. They're going to light off the big ones. Like you said, you go up someplace, you know, with a good view. Um, we've seen people's social media videos and it's, it's still beautiful to see all of that fireworks, but also all of that disobedience at the same time. Um, right. Another article that I didn't pull up, uh, but re- fireworks related. I don't know if you've seen this one, MC. Uh, was it the, the uh, city of Los Angeles got a whole bunch of fireworks um, recovered or or seized? Did you see this? Uh, nope. Okay. They. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have the headline in front of me. So from memory here, they seized like five thousand pounds of fireworks, and then decided to blow it up in the middle of a neighborhood to destroy it, and injuries occurred. <laughs> like 20, 27 people injured or something like that. Like 11 of them were 
uh, cops and employees, like property damage, windows blown out, cars destroyed. <laughs> That's awesome. I wish I could have seen that. Oh, find the video, man. Like, or find the, find the article. There's like, you know, there's, there's pictures of the destruction. I, I didn't, I did not watch a video. I don't know if there were videos of like what actually happened. Um, but insane. And uh, again, an illustration that the state, right. Who, who's doing this for your safety and your protection, keeping these dangerous illegal fireworks out of the hands of, you know, the, the non-expert public, right. The, the, the normies, the average, the mundanes out there who, aren't aren't skilled or you know trained well enough to handle these explosive devices uh and and they go and like wreck a neighborhood by fucking lighting off the truck in the middle of the street no no we're just gonna destroy all these fireworks kaboom and then you know they literally there goes the neighborhood so maybe better off right in small quantities in the hands of the average public uh, than in the in the larger hands of state officials who really don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> yep. Moving on. Moving on. All right. Uh, which one did I want to do here? Okay. Uh, let's do this one. Cause I think this one is interesting as well. Um, because I, I kind of feel we, we're, we're on the border of both. So how does one do it better than the other? What bit, why Bitcoiners are doing what libertarians never could. I'm not trying to insult libertarians. They've been right or reasonably close to right on most everything. And for decades on end, that's not a trivial thing. Nonetheless, they could never get much moving in the world while Bitcoiners, to use an old but fitting phrase, are turning the world upside down. And I think it's important to understand why. To say and to do. Can you name a libertarian martyr? I'm not sure I can, and I've been involved with libertarian things for a long time. There have been a few anti-tax protesters, but they weren't actually libertarian martyrs, largely because libertarians excluded them. Now, shall we name some martyrs for the cause of Bitcoin and cypherpunk ideals? Uh, the list, as most of us know, is long. We can begin with Julian Assange and Ross Ulbricht, and from there we can go on to the Charlie Shrem, uh, near misses like Phil Zimmerman, and at least a dozen lesser-known names I'm going to throw in really quick. The Crypto 6, locally here in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, back to the article. Martyrdom doesn't prove too much, of course. Thugs will destroy for many reasons. But there is a clue here, and it's this. Libertarians didn't threaten very much. The powers that be never loved them, of course. But publishing policy papers didn't overturn very many apple carts. Now, to be very frank about this, and with apologies for doing so, libertarianism is a philosophy of intellectuals who wish to change the world without risk or suffering. That is, they imagined they were smart enough to do it by intellect alone. Again, I apologize, but the truth is what it is, and libertarians have never wanted to suffer. In my experience, they see suffering as a failure, and sometimes as evidence of inferior intellect. Bitcoiners, on the other hand, see suffering as bad luck, as clear proof that the status quo is a beast, that it must be overridden for the sake of posterity. Ultimately, this difference comes down to the difference between talking and doing. Talking may have its place, but it can never replace doing. Acting changes you in a way that talking simply cannot, and it's very clearly changes the world in a way that talking cannot. Bitcoiners are doers, and they are overturning the world. It is active it is active will that changed the world. Those who persist in active will drive the future, and no one else does. Consider, please, a passage from historian Francois Guzot as he was examining the collapse of Rome and the rise of Christian Europe. Quote, The clergy alone were strong and animated. They became everywhere powerful. Such is the law of the universe. Unquote. And so it is. That which is persistently strong and animated gets its way. That which is apathetic floats along in currents created by others or sometimes just sinks. Bitcoin is a gateway drug. They used to warn teenagers that cannabis was a gateway drug, that once you smoked it, you'd begin a dark slide into heroin addiction. That was false, of course, but Bitcoin really is kind of a gateway drug. People tend to come for the exchange rate increases, but if they stay long enough to really grasp what Bitcoin does... They become radicals. 
once people understand that Bitcoin creates trust in a decentralized way with no trusted party, read Overlord, they begin to see that decentralization is valid and then that it's superior, vastly superior. After that, Bitcoiners slip into rhapsodizing. In fact, find almost any Bitcoiner and ask a question or two, they'll light up, buy you a meal and talk to you for an hour. Bitcoiners persist in this, even as every power in the world tries to scare people away from them. When Bitcoiners get kicked in the gut by the aforementioned world powers, as they do from time to time, they get back up and continue raving about the Bitcoin miracle. And there are now literally millions of such people. To those who have grokked Bitcoin, it's far more than money. It's a new and better model of human life. They don't want to suffer, of course, but the thought of suffering doesn't stop them in their tracks. This is their miraculous opportunity, and they are determined to rise to it, the possibility of suffering be damned. That is why Bitcoiners are turning the world upside down, and while others, as smart and right as they've been, could not. Uh, end of the article. So your thoughts more on the libertarian side of things. You, do, you th do you agree with the author that this is one of the failures of libertarianism? Um, you know, the, the not wanting to suffer, the thinking that they're too smart, etc.? Or is there something else that's making libertarians lose the battle and Bitcoiners rise to the occasion? Yeah, wow. Um, I don't like the way that article started about martyrdom. Okay. Um, but uh, I think that, that it is very valid that uh, libertarians often are not doers. They're uh, more intellectual and they're more interested in pointing out other people's uh, failures. Uh, so, um, but... Uh, I don't know. I, st I still think it, it, it misses a little bit. It's, it's a really good point. Um, and actually I probably, I don't even want to say too much. There's, um, there is a method that works to make political things happen. Um, and it was written by uh, a socialist or actually somebody who was uh, studying how the socialists, um, succeeded. So is it the Saul Alinsky book by any chance? I forget who wrote it. But okay. anyway. The Rules for Radicals? No. Oh, okay, something else then. All right, don't look that one up either then. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, there's there's definitely ways to make things happen, and a lot of times libertarians don't don't use those tools. Um, and uh, But I think a, a lot of libertarians are probably the, the early early Bitcoiners were libertarians. So, so libertarianism isn't just a political philosophy it's also a way of life you can actually you know live a libertarian life and uh you know you might have to uh, suffer th through the, the punishments of, of the state uh, for doing some things that you know you think you should be allowed to do but um you can you know for the most part you can uh, you can live free yeah um in some ways there's probably other places and other countries that you can live more free um and but there's you know, there's uh, wins and losses in that too. You know, there's there's a state everywhere, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah, the whole move to Somalia argument, right, that never holds yeah. because there's always a state somewhere. So you you yeah. pick the least invasive and do your best to fight them off as much as possible where you're at. Yeah, or or yeah, or you just you know you you pick where you want your home to be, and that's usually where you know <laughs> you grew up, um, and you you deal with it. You know. You, you try to live as free as you can uh, without being molested by the state. So um, anyway, um, that's what, you know, early Bitcoiners, uh, a lot of them were libertarian. And so a, a lot of uh, libertarians are the, are benefiting from, from their philosophy. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's lots of ways to look at it, but yeah, I will, I'll agree with your point about uh, the use of the term martyr. I think if they had used the term victim, maybe so. Right, like Julian Assange and Ross Albrecht are victims to the state because of their beliefs in certain things. Um, Julian Assange, right, not even you know, not even a Bitcoin guy per se. He was you know, the the WikiLeaks, right, just mm -hmm. letting the news out. Ross Albrecht is probably the biggest example of a Bitcoin victim or you know martyr in this case, um, and he may he may fit the martyr role because he was. I don't remember exactly all the details of the case, but I'm sure at some point he was probably given a plea deal. Right to to rat on some other people, or you know, let let more be known about. I don't know the Silk Road. I don't know if 
he was offered anything because <laughs> there wasn't much to, to offer. Rat. I mean, yeah, okay. Was, yeah, there's. It was just. You know, who, who's he going to rat on? <laughs> I don't know. I, again, I don't know. I don't remember. But I, He's going to rat on the FBI agents that set him up, you know? <laughs> true. But I, I also find it I also find it odd that they wouldn't have offered a plea deal, right? Like, the, the plea deal is the, is the most cost-efficient way to get a conviction in the eyes of the state. Sure. And so, I, again, I don't remember if he was offered one. I just, it's hard for me to, to, to believe that he wasn't offered something to avoid the cost of trial. And then when it went to trial, um, what I do remember uh, from memory from the trial is his defense attorneys like blew the case in like opening arguments, right? Mm. Like we, the state was like, we believe you to be dread pirate Roberts and that you set up this silk road and yada, yada, yada. And then defense came up and was like, well, yeah, he's dread pirate Roberts, but here's why, you know, like, no, you can't, you can't admit guilt in opening arguments, man. Like, come up with a better defense. Please help this man. Um, I do remember that much uh, from, from the case itself. But prior to that, I'm sure he was offered something. Uh, you know, I, I'm probably wrong. It's just hard for me to believe that, you know, a 20-year a plea deal or some, something to that effect wasn't offered. And then, you know, the thought was, you know, much like the Crypto 6 now, if we can win this, right, if, if Ross could win that case, it would blow a whole lot of other things wide open and set a, a very fine precedent going forward. Um, so yeah, I don't, you know, martyr, probably not the right word, victim of the state, absolutely um, reflected of the terminology there. Um, your point that the early, early Bitcoin adopters were likely libertarians. I think libertarians kind of got hornswoggled in that. Um, like, I don't, I don't think the, I do agree that early adopters of Bitcoin were libertarians. Um, I don't think that the early pushers of Bitcoin were necessarily libertarians or anarchists in that vein, uh, but they were they knew who to market to at the time. And I don't know if the like I, leadership is also a weird word because Bitcoin is decentralized and you know not run by anybody or not created. But there's you know there's the Bitcoin committee that that manages the code or whatever. Um, I don't know if that group changed over time um, and expelled or the libertarian mindset left the group. Um, but at some point, like once they got that libertarian early adoption and got the ball rolling, right? Like that, you know, the, the first hundred meters or whatever of Bitcoin, however you want to use that analogy, um, then they shifted, right? Then it was mass adoption, wide adoption. We need to be regulated. We need the government to make us legitimate. They, they, they were looking for legitimacy. And that's when the Bitcoin, you know, the libertarians were like, no, fuck that. You know, this, this is our way out of the system. This is our way to get away uh, from having to, you know, look to the government for legitimacy. Uh, look for, if, they, if they're not regulating it, let it be unregulated and let us just be free. I'm like, no, 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 we've got to find ways to integrate with the banking system to get more people on board. And the libertarians and the anarchists are like, no, no, you don't. Absolutely not. Just keep this between us, man. Like this, this is the way we get out of that system. Stop trying to get involved with the system that a year ago or two years ago in the beginning, right? That you told us was so shit and so, you know, damaged and so irre irrecoverable and irreconcilable that we needed this special thing called Bitcoin to relieve ourselves of that burden. Uh, now you're trying to to burden Bitcoin with this all this regulatory nonsense that it ought not have, as you told us years ago. Uh, so yeah, there was definitely some some overlap in the beginning. Uh, I don't know if that pervades right now. Like you know, there there is definitely um, a crypto mindset amongst local libertarians and local anarchists here and 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 yonder. Uh, but I think that once again, the, those, in, those libertarians, anarchists, whatever, find ourselves in the minority of the larger crypto discussion um, to the point that, you know, in, in talking with um, some of the, the crew from Free Talk Live, the, the plight of the crypto six um, cannot break into the news cycle of larger Bitcoin, despite its, you know, profound impact on the future of all cryptocurrency, right? The, the, the Bitcoin media does not want to touch that at all. And it's probably because it's related to, you know, the, the libertarians, the anarchists, the ne'er-do-wells in little old Keene, New Hampshire, um, that, you know, would, would bring a bad light 
to cryptocurrency and Bitcoin rather than support those, you know, who, who push that technology forward. Um, so there does seem to be a disconnect uh, in that respect between the early adopters, the early uh, libertarians who got involved in Bitcoin and the current crop of Bitcoiners, as the article labels them. Um, what else? The, the doers part. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest uh, point made against libertarians is that they, they don't like to do much. Right. And they're like, yeah, we'll just we'll write we'll write this policy position article is one of the reasons I got away from the Cato Institute. I was like, well, as long as we're going to have a state, here's the best thing the state can do for more freedom for everybody. <laughs> I go, well, don't, don't, don't fucking give in to that assumption, right? You know, go from a position of this is how things would work without the state and get people on board with, you know, ideas not having a state. You know what I mean? Anything else? No. I think we're close enough to the end. What's my time's clock here say? Yeah, yeah, we're close enough to the end. You want to wrap this thing up or you got final let's thoughts? Do it. All right, let's do it. That'll do it for us. Like I said, good to be back home in the free state of New Hampshire. Not sure when I'm going to visit that nasty Hawaii place again. Hopefully not anytime soon. Um, but you guys know where to find us. The, uh, excuse me, anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash the anarchist experience or, or t.me slash anarchist experience on Clubhouse now. Just search for it until we find a way to shorten that or just go to anarchistexperience.com and hopefully we'll have the new link up there for the Clubhouse by then. Uh, and if you want to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you all next week. Peace.